What is up, guys? Welcome to this week's edition of the Got Next podcast. My name is Carlos, joined as always by my trusty co-host Rafa. How are you? What is up, guys? It's been uh, it's been nice to kind of decompress from the uh, the NBA season. It's the longest one we've had in three years, so nice to yes. And, and this playoffs was a lot, just from strategic standpoint, just kind of analyzing all the film it's been it's been rough but it's been good it, it was fun nice to decompress though so we can talk about some other stuff um yeah, yeah. Playoffs, playoffs are great uh, unfortunately we're able to do a pod right after the finals but we're here now yes and we're here to talk about fine we have, we're gonna talk about the finals yes we'll do our all nba all nba playoff teams yes give our, we'll give our the Got Next podcast, all NBA, NBA uh, playoff MVP. <laughs> yes, the NBA playoff MVP. And I think the draft just happened. There were a bunch of trades. So we'll also we'll also we'll also talk about that. Yes. Um. But definitely. Yeah. Let's start off with the with the finals. Um. Golden State for their wins their fourth championship in eight years. Woo. Are they a dynasty? Are they are they a dynasty? For some so, some people said no. Bill Simmons, what are you? What are you even thinking? <laughs> God, just some people want to be haters. I just, I don't want to actually answer that question because the answer is so <laughs> obviously yes. Yeah, there's some mental gymnastics about the last two years for some reason. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, let's. Uh, we're gonna table that. I was just being a dick. But yeah, Steph Steph Curry won his first Finals MVP finally. And man, the Warriors just—they proved they can win it without KD, which is like I think something that they definitely were thinking about, and oh, yeah. a lot of people were talking about. Oh yeah, oh so, yeah. I think that was that was a huge. Um, it's even though I'm a Celtics fan, I really wanted the Celtics to win. It's why I I wasn't that upset with the Warriors winning because I think a lot of people that team basically got all of the disrespect, right? Like, so they were disrespected as the 73 win team uh, that couldn't get it done. That blew a three, one lead that needed KD and all this stuff. Or they only won the pre KD championship because LeBron's team got hurt. And it's kind of nice. It's nice to get the, the validation for multiple players for Steph Curry as one of the greatest players to ever play the game. So we'll get into that. For Draymond Green as one of the greatest defenders and honestly, just players we've ever seen. Yeah. For Clay Thompson coming back from an ACL, then an Achilles tear. And yep. for Steve Kerr, um, because he got way too much slander for, for his coaching. Like, I think I hated how a lot of people, and I, we mentioned this before, so I won't belabor it here. How people were like, oh, we got to simplify the offense. Like, well, no, you don't. You, actually, that's like so devoid of what actually happened, except for one or two games. Um, oh, and it was great validation for Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. He argued the was most. was the second best player in this team. I'm going to say that now. Oh, wow. <laughs> for this playoff run. Wow. <laughs> for this playoff run. Okay. So I, I wonder who's on your all NBA playoff team. That's We're going to get into that a little bit. Um, but honestly, like very, very happy for Wiggins. He had a phenomenal final series. He's had a great playoffs. 
he fulfilled yep. his role and I'm I, I am happy for him. We're gonna do a call then shout out as well, Gary Payton the second. Oh yes, got, yes. Got exactly. injured. Broke his elbow, right? And came back broke in three, elbow. three yeah. what was it, three weeks? Like that's insane. Four weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so huge props to him. I loved it. Um Jordan Poole, very good. Um young rook, playoff rook. He's gonna have a good career ahead of him. Kevon Looney was huge in this playoffs. He was. The whole playoffs. He provided an anterior an interior presence that I don't know that the Warriors have had since Andrew Bogut. But Mo- yep. Looney is more mobile. So he can actually defend on the perimeter. So in this evolving NBA, like Bogut was great in 2015 and 16, but he probably wouldn't be as good in the modern NBA where you kind of can, you know, make him yeah. move around. Looney can move around. So it's great. It, like everyone at the start of the playoffs, you were talking about the whole like Jordan, like was it? Splash Brothers lineup with through the three guards plus Wiggins oh, yeah. and Green. That ended up not being like a key lineup for them. Yeah, their best lineup was actually like with with Looney, and yeah, that's where they played their best defense and then just oh yeah, play, play around Steph. So he was a big part of that team. Having the multiple rim protectors, I have a feel have a feeling is going to be the way of the future because we've already kind of weeded out the stiff centers that can't move. But we also kind of need one bigs that can defend the rim and shoot threes. So that's going to be a way of coming in. And I think um, having multiple rim protectors um, is going to be another thing that your people are going to want. Because you can draw the rim protector out, but you can't draw both of them out. It's going to be tough. So um, let's finish off here and get into our playoff teams. Thoughts as a Celtics fan. What, what emotions did you go through as you realized, fuck, we just lost the finals? It, it, that 21-0 run in the middle between first and second quarter was uh, just awful. Like, it was very frustrating to watch. It was not just and, a stab. It was a stab and twist the knife. Yeah, I mean, all, this whole playoffs, the Celtics were so resilient. Um, but th- this game, they, they they just once after the Warriors came back from the first punch, the first like fourteen two, they it you could just tell from the body language they just didn't have it that they didn't have it they they had a like kind they kind of came back in the yeah. third and fourth quarter but yeah they didn't make it close they they it wasn't that close and I don't know I guess it just shows the difference in the, the mentality. The, Championship mentality, the Warriors. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're there to close it out. Mm-hmm. And it also didn't help that the Celtics' rotation was like pretty much like five. They're, they're starters and they couldn't yeah, really pretty much, play anyone else. No. I think, I think there were kind of three keys to the Warriors' win um, besides the X's and O's stuff. It was the, a little bit of that championship experience. So Steph and Dre and Clay, just knowing, having been there before, knowing how to check themselves, how to handle themselves in that situation. Looney as well, too. And having those veterans that have been there, like Iguodala on the bench, you can see kind of coaching people. So yeah. that, I thought that was one key. The other one was, I thought the Celtics just looked gassed. They had <laughs> been through, they had been through two seven slugfests, seven game slugfests 
uh, with really like the defending champions, Milwaukee, and then this really tough Miami Heat team. They even, we also can't forget that it wasn't like KD in the first round was a walk in the park. They shut him down, but it took a lot to shut him down. Yeah, that was a close close for game sweep <laughs> yeah exactly it took a jason tatum game winner in game one and all that stuff and them the nets botching a play at the end of game three so the celtics were gassed they were tired and i mean they didn't they flat out did not get as much rest as the warriors did the warriors had a full week off the celtics yep. had four days um and then i think the third one was um i guess this ties into the title having been there before is that the Celtics kind of let themselves get in their way a little bit. And Dude. so the Warriors kind of figured them out pretty. Yeah. You could kind of feel it, right? Like, I felt that at the end of game four, it was like, I feel like the Warriors figured us out. And yeah. And, that, that, and that, I brushed that played it off. Out. Mm. Yeah, I, I brushed it off as like a, a Steph monster game. But as game five was rolling along and Steph wasn't playing well, I was like, nah, they figured us out. I think it was very evident in the end of the fourth quarter of game five. That was like the most frustrating quarter of the, of their run. They, yeah. they just had mistake over made mistake after mistake. And then the Marcus smart technical fouls. Yeah. Offensive. It was, yeah. I think that, yeah, that was the beginning of the end that, that fourth quarter of game five. As soon as they started posting up Marcus smart, that's when I knew <laughs> That's how I knew. It's like, okay, we have, we have nothing. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> we have nothing. Yeah. So, um, quick question. Do you yeah. think the Celtics need a point guard? <laughs> no, uh, I don't think they need a point guard. I think... Okay, that seems to be like the consensus. See, from I both, from like everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think... I don't know how much the roster actually needs to change you may need a replacement for Al Horford because he's going to be another year older. So that's going to be a big thing. I think they need to find the Al Horford replacement. And I think they need uh, the movement shooter. Um, But at the end of the day, I think the team collectively just has to, um, this is going to sound so bad. They they need to kind of raise their IQ a little more because I think, um, there, there was a lot, a lot of the Celtics getting in the way of themselves was making poor decisions. Um, turnovers. The result of turnovers, especially. Exactly. Like you saw it in the turnover numbers, yeah. Not, not even just the turnovers, even the passes that led to shots. Like, there were a ton of contested shots. Like, there, there's, I found that there was a pretty direct correlation with the number of shots that Al Horford takes from three and the quality of shots the Celtics are taking as a team. Al Horford won't take a bad shot. So when you see him taking nine threes a game, it's like, okay, this is when you can kind of tell the Celtics are making good decisions, particularly Tatum and Brown. They're finding the right guys. But when Horford isn't taking those shots, it's like, okay, something's bogging down for yeah. Horford to not take those shots. That's a good point. Like, he, he, took, he had 25 points in the first game. He shot a lot of threes at the end. But, and then the next game, he doesn't. And then game three, I think yeah. he shot a few more. You know, it's, I yeah. can see the pattern. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think they just got to spend the offseason getting to know each other because we have to remember that um, it wasn't clicking at first. So maybe they just need that extra year to really figure things out. Ime needs to add some stuff to his offense. 
Tatum and Brown need to become and Smart need to all become better um, decision makers. They have a couple of roster moves they might make. Uh, Rob Williams needs to get healthy. Yep. But yeah. Honestly, question. sorry. Go ahead. No, I th- I think like basically the point guard void that they're that everyone's talking about. I think that can be that 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 can be closed by Brown and Tatum getting better as well. Yeah. They're only 24 and 25, so yeah, exactly. there's still a lot of room for growth. Yeah, I think they because they have solid connector pieces. Smart, Horford, and White are all good connectors. I think that's more important. They, they just kind of need someone to kind of initiate the offense and to allow Brown and Tatum off to attack quickly off the ball. But when or if Tatum and Brown become better decision makers, that need for a point guard becomes less and less. Carlos here. Um, there's been some audio difficulties after this point in the pod, so I'm gonna skip over to the point where we talk about Steph Curry's legacy. Very unfortunate because we weren't able to hear a discussion about the All NBA teams, but hopefully you still enjoy this part about Steph's legacy. I think we also mentioned the playoff MVP here. So on back back to the show. Anyway. Let's talk about our playoffs MVP. So this is for all of the playoffs, not just the finals, even though they have conference finals MVPs now. Um, who's your playoffs MVP? Dramatic pause. Draymond Green. Ah, oh, geez. <laughs> okay, so can I make the assumption that it's Stephen Curry? Yep, okay. Yeah, I have Stephen Curry too. I think this was relatively easy. And the candidates were really Steph, Luca, Jimmy, and Tatum. And I thought, I actually thought Butler had the best case beside of anybody outside of Steph. But I mean, it's Steph Curry. Like, I I don't think we have to argue that at all. Um, Steph Curry. Uh, 29 points per 75 on plus four shooting. Um, just all around great numbers. He shot, he had a pull up effective field goal percentage of 57. That's really good. Oh, wow. Even in a down shooting year, his catch and shoot threes were 37%, which for him is a bad standard. Um, <laughs> and surprisingly, this was the most, this was the craziest stat to me because. He tends to be very offense, like turnover prone, but minus yep. 2.5% relative turnover percentage, even though he wow. has the ball a lot, even though he's an off ball player. But That's, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't realize that he's yeah. down on the, on the turnovers. That's good. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I thought that he was just making all the right decisions. And this is kind of, even though he's 34 years old and he had a, a slump year in shooting for his standard, yeah. you can kind of see how far along he's come because he's basically experienced all of these different types of coverages. And of course, all, basically every team up until Boston guarded him with two on the ball. And, um, but once he got to the Celtics, he kind of adapted and changed as the coverage changed. So you kind of see that maturity in Steph, and he made all the right decisions. His passing was on point. 
So yeah, I mean, yeah. what else can we say? I think he won this game four already with this game four performance. No question. No question. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy. Pretty easy choice. Um, I mean, as what as he said, what can the haters say? I know exactly. <laughs> and if I'm being honest, yeah, that game four was great. I think you really see um, his value in game five. Right. Game five was the really one that sparked that for me. It was like, wow, this dude is really good because he played like shit. Like he he couldn't buy a three. He missed. He couldn't, yeah, he couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't shoot that game. Yeah, and and yet the Warriors still walked away with the win. And and people might say, well, yeah, Draymond decided that he could play basketball again, and Wiggins um, stepped up for them and Clay shot well. It was like, well, yeah, but you understand that the reason that they got all those shots is because in the game before, the Celtics were covering him a certain way for four games. Uh, they were living with Steph Curry trying to be the, the lone star beating them. And Steph was just so good that the Celtics were like, ah, oh, fuck, we can't live with this guy beating us because he is yeah. beating us. <laughs> exactly. So the, the Celtics changed their game plan and the Warriors destroyed the Celtics. It, it's actually kind of, it, it also speaks to him. Like he immediately went back to, the, to, to that kind of, play style where he was the one distributing exactly more which he knows what to do against like these different coverages and he doesn't doesn't bat an eye oh you have to pass now he doesn't care exactly like he it might have taken a while for some others right to adjust switching i guess that that, that, that speaks to all his that speaks back to all his um all the experience that he has exactly like i mean teams have tried all these different schemes exactly He's seen it all. He's gotten trapped. He's gotten uh, twirled the ball, all double teamed. Teams have dropped on him, which is stupid. Yeah, you got box and one. He's seen it all. So it, it, this is just kind of an amalgamation of Steph's career, his journey from 2000, even 2013 and 14. So, and you know what? While I bring that up, I think this is a let's transition to our next section. Which is talking about yep. Steph Curry's legacy, um, and kind of everyone's doing the whole ranking thing. So I don't know if we'll specifically do that. We'll kind of do what we did with Giannis last year, where we kind of put him where we think he might be. So, um, yeah. Is it, to my amalgamation point, is just now that he's seen kind of everything, the way he was covered as an on-ball point guard um, in 2014 by the Spurs and the Clippers and then the, the Cavs switching everything and really taking okay. him out of the game um, to fucking Toronto boxing and wanting against box, box and one against him. Mm-hmm. He's just seen everything. So that kind of shows you. Not to mention getting targeted on defense. Exactly. So he's just kind of seen it all. Um, and being to your point about being targeted on defense, he was really good on defense this playoffs. This might have been his best defensive playoffs, yeah. maybe. I mean, you can see where the added weight helped. Him. Oh yeah, he was able to bang with Horford's. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't know what his Horford was doing. Could have tried to shoot it over him, but you know. I know, seriously. So, yeah, Steph. So let's let's get into his uh, legacy talk. Um, 
we mentioned that it was awesome that uh, he finally got his finals MVP and he validated that he didn't necessarily need KD, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, that's a really dumb narrative, but I finally can. I no one like they can finally like put that to rest. Like they can't even. Like, Everyone was trying to give them the 20, 2015, but there's like, oh, everyone's injured, but how about now? There you go. Everyone's yeah. healthy. I, I don't know if someone might have still said, like, well, Steph played the Grizzlies, and when John Morant was hurt, he was like, I mean, they were going to beat that team. They were already beating. They were play- like, John was crushing them. But the Warriors were, were beating the Grizzlies. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and let's see. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors were up 2-1. You can't tell me that jaw the jaw injury yeah it was huge of course but the warriors were probably still gonna win that series and i mean they played a healthy mavericks team that was really good they played a denver team against the two-time mvp and he was coming off an injury (laughs) and you know technically of course jamal murray didn't play but that that's really not even remotely the point he didn't play all year so I, th- I thought that that stupid, dumbass Steph narrative, I can finally be put to rest. Which, thank God. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> There's so many dumb Steph takes. But I'm, I'm, finally, I'm glad to see some people are already like, you know. Yeah. He's in the top 10 like fringe conversation yeah. at the very least. Which I do love. I do love that. Um, um, some people have him higher. I don't know about that yet, but you know. Some people have him a little too high. Some people have him over <laughs> LeBron, which we gotta pump the brakes on that just because they both have four rings. It's the ring counter LeBron haters, of course, that are saying that. So um I don't buy yeah, into they, that. They, 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 those people like I guess in our opinion underrate LeBron because I think those people don't have LeBron second. Yeah, no, definitely. They probably have LeBron like 15 or something stupid. <laughs> so, I mean, if LeBron's your 15, then yeah, Steph should be higher, but also LeBron should too. But <laughs> this isn't about LeBron. So let's, um, let's kind of talk uh, about other players that we've had in the top 10 since we're kind of bringing that up. So we did a, we did a top 10 episode last summer, of course. Yep. Um, if you haven't listened to that, you should check that out. It's a really interesting discussion. And we basically had the same, we even had the same top 11, really. So I guess it's like that's our. Like, the order was different. The order yeah. was different. We had the same 11 players uh, in the top 11. And you guess you can kind of consider that our pantheon, I guess. Um, and to reiterate who they are, um, this is breaking news. These are hot takes right here. Uh, the top 11 players we had are Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Phil Russell, Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon, Will Chamberlain, Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan. That wasn't in order for anybody, but yeah, hot take. Those are the 11 best players we've ever seen. And kind of the guys in my next-ish tier, I actually do have Kevin Garnett as my solid 12s. Um, mm. So he's basically there. Then Kevin Durant, Dirk, Jerry West, Oscar, uh, Dr. J, David Robinson, Carl Malone. That's kind of who, again, not an order. That's who I have in that like next tier. Dwayne Wade, Charles Barkley are two others too. 
that was Steph in this tier before? So yeah, Steph was easily in that tier before. And so do you think after this, he has jumped to the next tier? High or low, is he in that top 12 tier? I think I think he potentially could. He potentially could be. No. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> so did was it I'm not sure who to jump. I'm not sure to drop though. I have to think about it. Yeah, no, one, but I, I feel like he Yeah. I don't have an answer yet. It's too it's too hard. I have to think about it more. Um Yeah. So I don't know exactly where I'm placing him. But is there an argument that he's at least somewhere in that 12? Even if it's like the lower part of it. You think he's in that 12? Even if he's number 12, think, do you think he's somewhere there? Yeah, I think so. I think so. If, if you can arrange it, maybe he's like 12 to 15. Okay. Maybe even maybe even higher than a couple of these guys. Like you can probably I, I know Bill Simmons and Ryan Hill did a Kobe versus Steph thing that's that might that might, I think I have Kobe eight, so that might be too high. Yeah, so. <laughs> might be a little egregious. <laughs> I, I feel I, it's so hard to say, like to remove like Hakeem or Shaq or Wilt Bird from my top yeah. ten. Well, Wilt's my eleven actually. Yeah, yeah. I have, I don't have Wilt here. I yeah, s- yeah. <laughs> I still don't know if I would put Steph over Wilt, but I think I think Steph. Um, has gotten it's gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, well, this guy, because the next guys are like in that next year, are like Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant, right? And I have yeah. I have Garnett kind of in this 12 too, so Steph would probably be as low as 13 for me. Um, so I'm like, okay, I think he had a higher peak than Kevin Durant did, and yeah, we're now getting to the point of longevity. He's built that up enough. Um, I was just kind of looking at this, um, kind of looking back at some stuff, really thinking about what longevity meant. Um, of course, how old you are playing basketball is one. The length of your career, the number of seasons you have, um, and of course, being durable during those seasons is important. But I think how long you're actually a really, really good player matters too. Right, like yeah. Grant Hill had two incredible years, and he has the longevity because he played until he was forty. But he wasn't an MVP for his after, for the, after those two years, right? So that that, that kind of matters too, right? And we're getting to the point yeah. where Stephen Curry has had seven um, MVP caliber seasons. Not that he's won MVP, but he's been that good. And several of them have been, like, all-time seasons, right? So 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19. He missed 2020. 21, 22. That's seven MVP caliber seasons. 2014, I consider a fringe all-NBA, all-star season. Now, that might be an all-NBA season. I think All-star, all-NBA season. That was an all-NBA season. I think before that was an all-star season. So that's nine really good. Even though he did make it that year, but yeah. Should have. I thought he should have. But he should have over David Lee. Exactly. Over David Lee. Thank you. Um, So that's nine really solid years. And I'm looking at the guys in kind of the the top 12. I looked at it. Of course, the first guy I looked at was Larry Bird. 
that ended up being a really bad thing because I was like, oh shit, Larry Bird was basically an MVP from from his rookie year on. <laughs> so Larry Bird had uh, what, like nine, eight or nine? Nine MVP seasons. And then even his 1990 season, as hobble as it was, was all-star level. And 91 was still all-star level. So Bird, his longevity wasn't as bad as you'd think. So that, that wasn't great. He was good for his whole career. He oh, just yeah. broke, like he just messed up his back. Exactly. And then I go to Magic Johnson. And you know how many he had? Not good at Magic. What's that? This is basically his 12th, isn't his all 12 seasons basically MVP level? Uh, well, the first three weren't. Interesting. I think the first three. Actually, that's fair. I might even go up to 1983. I think 83, he might be good. No, no, no. Norm Nixon left. That's when Magic became he kind of a, that MVP. Yeah, I think he left in 83. I think 82 Magic was still really good. So he, that might be an MVP season, but everything after that. So from Magic, that's uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine 90. That's eight. 91, sorry, nine. So if Steph's at seven MVPs with several... Um, with several all in, all and an all NBA and an all star, he's getting there. He's not there yet. That's why I can't put him over these other guys. But like, okay, well, Steph is literally this close. He's peaked as high as these guys, which you and I value inherently more, right? Yep. He's getting there, right? Like, am I am I off? Here? Am I- Twelve years. Twelve years in the league, and yeah, as you said, seven of those at the MVP level. Um. So yeah, I mean, am I off here? Like, do you think that he's kind of in that range? He's in at least in the upper tier, not necessarily top ten. Would you say? He's like at the at worst at at worst fringe. Okay. You should you can you can basically there. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, is he top ten though? Like it's I right now I have to say no. Like I can't. I can't Tough. put him. Maybe I can put him over Wilt. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. That's tough. Do you, would you put him over KG? At this point, no. Um, I think that they actually did peak similarly, and the longevity thing still hasn't gotten there for Steph. Um, mm. And then, I mean, of course, the, I mean, you know my criteria is skill, impact, longevity. So we talked about the longevity, and the peak part of it comes in with the skill and impact and very few players have impacted the game Steph has. So from an impact standpoint, he's way up there because there's no other player that commands as much attention without the ball as he does. But man, Garnett's defense just, that's tough. All time. All time. All time. So, you know, uh, that's arguable. I, I still wouldn't put Steph over him. You know, I think... Oh, did I say I put Steph 12 earlier? I meant 13. You said you said 13. You said okay, 13. good. I said 13. Yeah, I was just wondering if you if you if how close is he to Garden? Oh, very close. I head. mean, one away. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could argue it now. I mean, like it's yeah. yeah. You could argue it now, but I I have Garnet 13. Or sorry, Steph 13, Garnet 12. <laughs> you know, but yeah. I'm gonna have to like rethink my my criteria too. I think I'm gonna change some stuff mm-hmm. too. But um Let's talk about Steph versus KD too. 
Because I mean, hot button topic nowadays. It's a hot topic, and I think because a lot of people were, of course, going at KD like, "Ah, oh, see his fraudulent career," which obviously is not the case because it's so situation dependent. Like people forget last year, Kevin Durant lit the Bucks up for 48 points and was like half a shoe size away from being in the conference finals with hobbled teammates. But do you think Steph has had? Would you rank Steph over Kevin Durant? I think you know that I do. Yeah, yeah, I think I will. Okay. Um, nice. I I think that's 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 probably good because I'm more accomplished. Like I'm still thinking a bit more on an accomplishment side, okay. and I know you're not like you're, you're not for that. Yeah. But... <laughs> I used to be, but. Yeah. So. And. I, Maybe it's also part partly because I'm so I'm so happy that I'm I found that narrative so stupid that the, the Warriors needed needed Kevin Durant. It was very stupid. Um, I mean they won twice without him. Right. And literally, literally, like they they didn't need Kevin Durant. The Warriors. I think we talked about this before. They were what four points away from winning in Game Seven. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I mean, Gate 2016. Was, yeah. And that was Steph Curry not playing well because, I mean, he was gassed and he was coming off an injury. And they barely lost. And it yeah. took Herculean efforts from Kyrie and LeBron to win. Yep. So, oh, that was, <laughs> with you on that. Crazy 40 point games of LeBron. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, if the, if the knock on Steph, uh, too, would be. Uh, Would be that 2016 finals? Like, okay, you lost to a guy who is probably he's one of the greatest, like literally a goat candidate. Like, only one other person might actually compare to him as a basketball player of all time. Like, if that's the guy you lose to, I mean, come on. Yep, that's like that's like making fun <laughs> of Charles Barkley for losing to Michael Jordan in the finals. Like, of course he was going to lose. It's Michael Jordan. Yeah, you can't make fun of that, especially the performance Jordan had. I mean, Chuck played well. Chuck played well. Yeah, but I digress. Um, yeah, I think this last part is probably going to be all narratives. I think. <laughs> so, do, my question, I guess, my full question is: So then, does Steph winning hurt KD's legacy? Definitely narratively wise, because now it's like, damn, KD needed to go to the Warriors to win, and KD left that situation. Uh, yeah, and he then and then he left, and they won with like Harrison Barnes and Andrew Wiggins, who were who haven't been shit without outside the Warriors. There you so, go. No disrespect to those. No guys, disrespect. They weren't. They're not. They weren't on winning. They weren't winning players. They're not winning players outside of the Warriors. Yeah. I think I think it was silly that we're talking about. Oh, see, this hurts Kevin KD's narrative. It's like KD wasn't here. Like, why are we talking about KD? This doesn't affect him. By the way, Kevin Durant still had a really good season, so you know. It's so, but it, to be fair, like the 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 opposite of this narrative. The narrative was flipped basically with, with this win because previously it was like, oh, the Warriors need Kevin Durant, blah blah blah. Yeah. No, that, I think. Yeah, that's fair. 
Um, and of course, now they just flipped to oh, Kevin Durant actually needed the Warriors because they won without him. I, yeah. you know, I don't like to do that because one, you just have to watch those games to realize, oh, Kevin Durant was really good. Oh, so was Steph Curry. They were one of the best duos. Like no one ever does that with um, Shaq and Kobe. No one does that with well, they, Magic. They kind of did. They, they kind of did for Kobe for a while until, until he won, won them, right? So. Again, like narrative change all of a sudden. Like no one ever did that for D Wade and Shaq. No one ever did that for Magic and Kareem. Magic and Kareem is the biggest one because like never. Like never. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, they were so great together. It's like. Yeah. And so like it's like not appreciating basketball magic. Everyone kind of leverages over the photos of like Steph getting three guys on him and KD being wide open, which fine. Wide open dunk. Right. Fine. That's Curry's impact. But you also can't ignore the fact that that happened to KD as well for Steph. It happened the other way. It just did. Like yep. I, I've seen I've clipped it. It's happened. It was, a, it, was, it was an unstoppable duo. You should appreciate that because duos, two players of that caliber, don't play together every day. Two first, like first team level, the top five guys. Right. You can even argue that. Some of the, two of the 20 greatest players of all time, conservatively. Yep. So I, I think it was, I, I don't like that it doesn't, it, it, this doesn't influence KD's legacy. What KD does influence influences his legacy. He just need, yeah. Uh, I, I think K- K- KD also hates this. I think he sees in his tweets. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's jealous. Like yeah. it's not about what you do on the court. It's also like some stories that we, we as fans come up with and media as well. Well, KD has kind of has to stay off Twitter. I'm not gonna lie to you. We, <laughs> he of course he was gonna be salty. Like. Who the fuck wouldn't be? Yeah. But like, you got to stay off. Um, all right. So then my, my final question is, is that did you put Curry here after he won the finals MVP and won the title? Like, did it take the title and the finals MVP to really push him over that? No, I think he was in this tier already. What... Kind of changes for me is that, especially this whole playoff run, it it, it kind of just puts him closer to 12, 11, 10 okay. people. Yeah. Like, so you're... I just, I don't, I, I still have to, I think I'm going to rethink my criteria. Maybe, maybe we should do another podcast. Like <laughs> maybe. maybe. Oh, we have, a, we have a long off season. We do have a long off season. Um, I just think like the, and this kind of highlights the the reason why I try to not use the awards in my my rankings is because um, Steph Curry wasn't any different two minutes before winning the Finals MVP and two minutes after. He was the exact same player with the hardware or without the hardware. So I was gonna put him here whether or not they won, as long as he didn't bomb. But like. Up until the final, let's say they lost the finals, I, I would have still put Steph here with those performances. Like if it was game, six games for Boston, you know what I mean? 
Assuming he still had like a 43 points and all. Yeah, assuming that he didn't, he played like well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even then, like the whole playoffs, he played well. So even if he sucked in the finals, it's still a piece of data that he played well mm-hmm. up and you have to get to the finals before you play the finals. So I, yeah. I just don't think like the finals MVP, even if let's say they just were idiots and gave it to Andrew Wiggins, I would still put Curry here. It didn't change anything for me. You know what I mean? Um, all right. Is there any anything else you have for uh, Steph Curry, Steph's legacy? I don't think so. Um, but yeah, I think we can wrap it up here. Uh, we'll maybe this summer we'll we, we'll we do a, a top ten podcast. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I think it'd be fun. But uh, yeah, I think I I gotta go. But. We can wrap it up here. We we'll talk about the draft day trades on another part, maybe next week. No worries, no worries. Okay, so that is it for this week's edition of the Got Next podcast. Let us know your thoughts on our socials. We're at Got Next Blog on Twitter and Instagram, and at, at Got Next podcast podcast uh-huh. on Hardwood Amino. Um, but yeah. Let us know your thoughts on the Warriors. Where do you have Steph Curry all time? Who's got next? Steph Curry got next. In the top 10? He's got next in the top 10? He's got next in the top 10. <laughs>